0: Hello and welcome to Sofarscape. A fun-filled Farscape fancast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. <laughs> I'm Kaki. I'm K. And, and this, this is the story, story Sofarscapist. So Farsca- I think I might have to change it to a flabbergasted first-timer here. Because, <laughs> ho, oh, damn, yes. Today's episode, Unrealized Reality Part 1, Episode 411.
1: Yes, it's, it's time. It's time. 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 Time.
0: time. Time.
1: time 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 is on my side <laughs> uh, you know as i was listening to the the last episode that you that you edited i thought you know what i, I think that was 408 mm-hmm. i thought you know i come in really hot in these episodes despite my intention to start like a human interest segment and do an intro <laughs> i thought you know I'll I'll do better this time. I'll definitely have sort of an intro to lead us in, but actually forled that. Okay. Let's-
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump straight in. I I see that our listeners had a lot to say about this particular episode. This yes. was a pop I guess this was a popular one with people uh- I think this was actually the first one that
1: we started to get synopses for even, like, like
0: yeah. we've been doing this for a few seasons now so
1: people were just like planning way way ahead yeah i can't even remember when i made the made the form but i think like the very first one was for unrealized oh, reality wow.
0: all right so there's a scary ship a uh, slip and slide that uh, likes to kidnap people everyone gets put in a blender and john needs a bigger gun thank you going <laughs> metal 799
1: Uh, This episode has been replaced with a public safety announcement on the danger of wormholes and travelling back in your own time.
0: Presented by Einstein from his hideaway on the North Pole. Thanks, Marky C. And welcome to Iceberg Limbo Land. Pale Kiwi Einstein will give you a hand. (laughs) Alternate reality, what is katratzy? Yes, focus your mind and your world will expand. And thank you, Rick from the Delta Quadrant.
1: Wow, another cunning limerick. Yeah. Dorothy Gale meets bald Einstein on an iceberg and they discuss metaphysics because destination is the key and there's no place
0: like home. Thanks, Danny. Time. 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 Time time <laughs> let's play mix up with the crew can you determine who's who parallel timelines what could go wrong be careful or you've stayed too long thank you Brian Iverhoes another one on Rhyme <laughs> Brian Iverhoes also
1: moving in on uh, Rick from the Delta Quadrant's territory yes more more limericks bring them on and ooh From our friend Friend of the show Mark Nixon From uh, the Shadows at the Door mm-hmm. uh, Moody atmospheric horror podcast The multiverse debates The contents of someone's leather trousers yeah. <laughs> While the contents of corsets Are a little different than usual Very good Time flies But it also wounds all heels So who's to shave for sure? Einstein a go-go Yeah Thank you Mark You can tell You can tell which one of these Is a professional writer
0: Can't you? Oh. No Starburst in this one. No Starburst. I mean, we haven't seen this good Starburst in ages, as far as I'm aware. But yes, lots of other things going on. Let's see, where are we starting? I can't find my dreams. I think we should probably start with the uh, uh, previously on.
1: Previously on Farscape. Yes. Because that opens with a plot line that we just haven't delved back in forever.
0: No. And it's like it's an interesting little thing to throw this in, because you think you're, we might see the travellers. What, what do you
1: call the kind of travellers? The, the Pathfinders, the, pathfinders, the, the fish-faced
0: aliens uh, yes.
1: with wormhole technology
0: and the sort of spiral ship. And a few other flashbacks to people of the crew. Mostly
1: it's all about wormholes. Yeah. So the Pathfinders had wormhole technology. It was that Crichton had figured out wormholes yep. if he knew where Although we were. I noticed
0: there was a little anachronism between the what actually happened and how they show it in the... Uh, trailer. Oh? Because at first he's, he's standing there like counting down in Spanish and as I remember correct originally the wormhole didn't immediately appear. First there was a, a few moments of disappointment. When oh yes. And here they're making it look like he actually predicted the exact moment that the wormhole was going to appear. So Yeah, when
1: you do the previously on you don't leave the long pauses in.
0: Fair enough, but it gives an, but it blends an entire different meaning to that scene. But never mind. It's not... Uh, I, c- I can not understand why they do it.
1: Well, I think this is an important thing to actually talk about because in this episode we get a lot of clips, some of them old, some of them new, that stand in for larger information. Right. Right? So this is what we saw. This was the first time that he right. predicted a wormhole and, of course, it wasn't perfect. But since then, I mean, when we when we open, uh, a beautiful shot and a beautiful sound, by the way. Mm. It's very sort of ethereal kind of kind of sound as John is just floating in space in front of yet another nebula. They seem to like hanging out near nebulas.
0: Yes. I Very mean, dangerous, places. sort of unhealthy... Well, I mean, a nebula that big is, like, is going to be intensely far away. Like It's not like you've got like a tiny little nebula floating around, which you no, can hang out true. around. That would be light years away. So...
1: And he's just sort of hanging out, waiting for a new wormhole to open. Yeah,
0: he's flying along in space, untethered, apparently relying on the docking web uh to uh get him there and back again and Aaron's watching from the window right while she's studying english
1: existence existence existence, existence. yeah i guess she's reading the script for existence or at least that's how she's trying <laughs> to read the word and there's a lovely little sort of girl talk moment where Chiana comes up and and asks her how is uh, how it's going yeah she goes, <sighs> You'd think it'd be simpler. There's only 26 symbols.
0: Yeah. But like- they start small, they grow, and then they change. I don't know, 26 symbols, it should be easy. <laughs> There's a lot of metaphor there. Yes. Uh, but it's interesting because China tells her that, like, oh, that's not the language you should be studying if you want him back. And, yeah, Aaron is almost a little bit giddy about it. Like, she's actually presumably doing this to get back into uh, John's... Uh, Grace, well, not grace is not the right word, but, like, working on her relationship, I suppose, even though John is doing quite the opposite still. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I wonder what her motivation is here. Like, is she just clinging to the last bit of, of the relationship that she had with John that she's, continually be, that she's still interested in? Yeah. Is she, like, trying to show an interest in something that interests him, or is she trying to, like, build a bridge to a potential future right. together?
0: Because the flashbacks or maybe the thoughts we see in John's head while he's floating out in space are all about him forgetting about Aaron. And, like, yeah, almost like he's trying to put an end to that relationship in his mind and, like, sniffing the the little, uh, what's it called, the juice. The lacquer. Lacquer juice, yes. Which
1: Dargo has found
0: yep. uh, Noranti planting in his room. Yep, and he goes, like, oh, she was placing drugs in your room. And like, yeah, that's fine, I asked her to. Although he doesn't really say it like that, but... Takes the edge of a little bit of going on about double dosing, which seems to be required now for him to have the required effect. So we're still got. And Dargo s-
1: admonishes him. You know, if she gives you something, you have the dose. I like that he says he doesn't say like reject it. Just take a little bit less than she's. Yeah. You know, like if you're if you're trying to uh, experiment with some something and you have
0: someone who's very experienced with it, maybe do what they say. Yeah. But like you well, know. perhaps even less. But yeah, he crushes. Can, he crushes. You could always port. have more. You can never you can't have less. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> No, true.
1: Defying all logic, Crichton may actually figure out how to get us away from the peacekeepers forever. Without disrespect, he oftentimes leaps to conclusions prior to leading. Not attention. here, pilot. Trust me. Pilot and Rigel.
0: Yes, that was fantastic. Rigel almost crawling up into Pilot's lap.
1: <laughs> I guess the puppeteers were just having a little natter. Underneath. I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I can't remember what they talked about, but uh, well, oh, it's about wormholes, isn't it? Yeah. Yes,
1: because Moya's feeling a lot better now. She's got these filters. So ah, yes.
0: Standing. And, Pi- and uh, Rigel tells Pilot, like, now you just have to get over your fear of wormholes. It's like, and notice he didn't say Moya's fear of wormholes.
1: Yeah, Is yeah. Your fear point. of
0: wormholes, which again leads into my theory that whenever Pilate says "Moya and I," it's like, <laughs> oh
1: yes, and of course, Rigel would see through that. Of course, immediately, <laughs> because he has so many courtiers to say, "Oh, the Dominar has, has said." Right. <laughs> he believes in Crichton. He believes mm. that Crichton's going to crack this nut. And they'll be able to get away from the peacekeepers forever. And, like he has a very good feeling about it, and like I wouldn't have risen to dominar if I wasn't good at recognizing things before they happen.
0: Yeah, you, you got would... disposed <laughs> by your own <laughs> oh, by your nephew. On... Yes, I love how, uh, how pilot is being I think pilot's on his best when he's being catty. <laughs> Without disrespect, Sukozu and uh, Scorpi are having a little uh, one-on-one where. Yeah, she's uh, she's got her My First Chemistry set, and he hands her
1: one of his uh, coolant rods yep. while discussing his proposal.
0: Yes, which is, you know, you can become my favourite. Well, favourite except Crichton. Yeah. Uh, he's, he, like, unambiguously tells her, like, yeah, no, Crichton's always going to come first, but you can be number two.
1: I think she appreciates that level of honesty, and he appreciates. I mean, first of all, he scans
0: her. <laughs> I th- I th- yeah, I mean, was not a scanner? It's like or a, whatever. It kind of looked like a comb, but, you know, it could be a scanner. It's in this weird little dialogue when she,
1: uh, when she says, What assurances do I have that you will watch my back? Apart from the pleasantness of the task. Well, as appealing as that prospect is. Yes, I'll, uh, we, 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 I'll we, 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 be watching we, we, we. it, yes. I'll be watching you, not creepy at all. And then she transforms a spent cooling rod into a brand new blue yes. cooling rod. I'm not sure how that works. If they store heat, but you know, who knows? Really, who knows? This this whole episode it has such a complicated relationship with science mm. because th- there is nothing in here that resembles any science that we that we know. In fact, like whenever John tries to mention something that's familiar to him or to us, it is soundly rejected.
0: Yes, immediately.
1: And yet there is such an, an, an explicit sort of internal consistency, like mm. this, this constant repetition. No, there there are rules. They don't make sense to you, but there are rules. And that's something that I always find really fascinating about, uh, about Farscape.
0: Yeah. So I'm wondering what what, what what the deal is they're making here. Like... Yeah. It's kind of left up in the air.
1: Like what are the terms of an alliance?
0: Right, exactly. Other than like, okay, we're going to like be working together, but what's the deal? What's... What is Scorpius, I mean, I guess what this boils down to is what the fuck is Scorpius plotting?
1: Or what is Sekozu plotting? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are those are both valid questions. Right. Time to play some bets, actually. <laughs> let's take a little break. Let's take a break and let's look at some some predictions. Hello. What do you think they're plotting together? Let's do this.
0: Oh. Yep. Oof, let's see. I mean, Scorpius is still bent on getting the Scarons to back down, get destroyed. He still hates the Skarrans, so there's no there's no denying that if given the opportunity, he will do what he can to further that cause. Yep. Which includes wormhole technology or wormhole power.
1: And that's something that he and uh, Sikoso talk about because for everybody else, like the the, the dreaded Skarrans are mostly anecdotes and a few experiences, but Yes. they've both experienced life under Skarran rule.
0: Yes. Uh, which is actually, it comes back to later, isn't it? Like when he's, uh, when John's talking to his dad, played by uh, Wayne Pygram. <laughs> <back. Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: but yes, that's a, yeah. and then, yeah, yeah. That apparently a, a alternate timeline in which there has been Scarran rules on earth. Yeah. So. And
1: everyone's made to wear these gigantic cuffs.
0: I think our health and longevity outweigh some personal freedoms, don't you, son?
1: Oh, yes. Oh. Was he wearing one? Yeah, he had, like, a a wrist cuff under his
0: jacket, which, again, how do you... I thought that was a kickback to the cuffs he and uh, Scorpius wore. Oh, the uh, IENCH bracelets? IENCH, yes. Oh,
1: to the jeeps we go. (laughs) A little premature, but that's okay, because timey-wimey. Let me see. So it's at the cookout. Oh, wow, I'm really good at scrolling today. Could that be an IENCH bracelet? I mean, it. no, it looks more metallic. This one looks straight up...
0: Okay, but weren't the I-inch bracelets also metallic? I think they were more goldy and. Uh, okay, that's what that's what I got from that I scene. I like but that. Yeah.
1: I-inch bracelet? I'll just Google it. I mean, you can just Google these things. Let me see. I mean, that's, that's too low resolution. I'm, I'm surprised
0: that you don't know that from your favorite episode.
1: <laughs> oh, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not getting close-ups. Uh, nobody's made. Nobody's made props either. Oh, that's well, a shame. Okay, well, we'll... Uh, I'll I'll figure that out. All right,
0: we'll table that one, because this is going to, like... I think this episode is going to run long.
1: Or at least wild.
0: Yes, definitely. Well, definitely wild. So...
1: We were on some predictions. Wait, oh, no, stop. Right. We were on some predictions. You were going to predict... What's the purpose of their alliance?
0: <sighs> I don't know what Sukozu wants. That's my problem. She wants... Moya? She wants, like... She wants to... I mean, she was a a Leviathan expert, if I recall correctly. Mm. Because I thought you were an expert. I am. That's why she was brought on board to try and, like, steal. Maybe she still wants that, like, as a low-key thing. She doesn't really feel like she's become, you know, a part of the crew as the rest has. There's still a lot of, you know, still trying to plot her way out of there. So, yeah, I think that might might still be a thing. I think that wants Moya. Yes. Okay. She wants basically to, yeah, make off with Moya and see if she can uh, steal, uh, steal Moya. I think. Let's let's say with that.
1: I'm a little behind on tallying, but you currently stand at uh, you've got 700 points in the kitty.
0: I'll put 200 on that. 200 that she
1: wants Moya, and what does Scorpy want?
0: Well, Scorpio still wants wormhole technology. Scorp Well, ah, Scorp- uh, Scorpi wants Scorpio wants to to yep. uh, level a blow against scarron. Uh, and let, let's make it a little bro- broader than he wants wormhole technology, and he'll do what he can to make that happen. So I think he's going to—he's trying to. I'm, I'm struggling whether I'm going to accept that because that's a
1: motivation,
0: right? But not a plan. Oh, fair enough.
1: What's the what's the next step? What's
0: that his take? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, what would I do if I were Scorpius? <laughs> WWS do. <laughs> oh, yes. So, uh, let's see. I'm stuck on. It's like I can't go back to Commander Cleaverage. He's not going to get John to build him a wormhole bomb. So, he's going to have to get some leverage. I th- okay. Scorpius is trying to get to a point where he can use Harvey, who he still has after he ra- yoinked yo- yo- him out of mm-hmm. uh, John's head. So he's looking to get facilities where he can use Harvey to, yep. use, to get the wormhole technology that was, like, stuck in John's head. Because Harvey knew, like, as we learned in this ah, episode. excellent.
1: Excellent. So I
0: think Harvey is not played out yet.
1: All right. I'm going to do you a favor and make this two separate ones. So Scorpie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Harvey is still around. Yeah. Harvey is still around. And Scorpy wants to get to a facility where he can use the wormhole tech.
0: Yeah. you got so 500 points total. I'll put 300 on the first and 200 on the second.
1: Awesome. Well done.
0: Okay. Living
1: living dangerously. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. So, John in the meantime awaits the wormhole's arrival with bated breath. And it opens and it's beautiful. Yes. It's so gorgeous. And then it's like, "Oh, it's getting a little bit close."
1: Hey, probably about time for that pickup, I think.
0: Can you like turn on the uh Yeah, it's sort of like web?
1: a Oh, I'm trying to think like a, like some sort of tube worm or like an anemone seems to be
0: sort of m- right. m-
1: m- mouthing its way towards it, some phytoplankton.
0: It reminded me of those, you know, that Star Trek episode when everybody gets addicted to that game that uh, <laughs> with, yes. with the tubes and everything. And that like, it kind of reminded me of that. But yes, like, um, pilot, pilot. Pilot! Uh, which is completely unclear why pilot's not responding. Ha. Huh. I mean... Bickering with, but again, it's never addressed. We never hear anything about this in the episode. Like,
1: no, and we never see them again. No, it's
0: like, no, true. Everything we see happening on Moya is on alternate reality, Moya's. Oh, this
1: is interesting. Okay, a little realization on my part. Yeah, because okay, now we'll 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 get we'll get to that in a second. Wow, wow, the time is <laughs> yes. uh, uh, is really weird. So he gets sucked through beautiful, beautiful wormhole effect once again. Mm-hmm. We go to credits and we wake up on an iceberg. Um, Yes. And that's because David Kemper was flying from L.A. to Sydney, and he came into the the Farscape offices with, I think it was National Geographic magazine, and he rips out one of the pages and hands it to Tim Ferrier Mm -hmm. uh, of an iceberg and says, that, I want you to build that for episode 411. Okay. Because this was, as remarkable as this episode was... It was intended to be a nice cheap one.
0: Yeah, I actually have a comment written down about that. That's like because that's what I halfway through. I was going like, oh, this is going to be a nice cheap episode. This is like, yeah, there's only like a, a few bits of CGI. Yeah, right. In terms of, I mean, we we see quite a lot of the wormhole, and yeah, there's one laser blast. Yeah, you can use a lot of those shots again and again of the wormhole. Yeah, once, yeah, Are and you, I'm pretty sure that the cost is in generating that kind of effect and not in generating more of it. You know, it doesn't cost them a lot more to run it for 10, to get 10 or 20 seconds of footage of that as it would be to get five seconds of footage. Yeah. A little bit more computing power, but the work goes into making it happen. Yeah. And then how much of you make it happen doesn't really add any additional cost.
1: I mean, in, in television production, you often pay by the shot. Mm-hmm. And then whether it's, you know, a second shot of the exact same thing or a completely new scene is fairly often, like, just ignored because it averages out right. over the course of a, a movie or a show. Like, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody wants just 200 shots of the same, you know, right. opalescent cube. But, yeah, in, in this case, like, you don't have to have months of pre-production meetings and, like, design drafts leading up to uh, yes. approval. And so he wakes up in this, like it's just an iceberg floating, floating around. around in a
0: whirlpool of wormholes, which are slowly circling the iceberg. I wrote down "swirl
1: holes," <laughs>
0: which
1: I was much prouder of then than I am now. Saying
0: out loud, so yes, there is a man standing there, dressed in a neat suit with black eyes. And um, do we know this? Do I know this actor? I mean, so his th- name is John
1: Bach. Let me see. He looks vaguely familiar. He's a, he's a New Zealand actor, mm-hmm. uh, British born, but let's see. Oh, Welsh born. Oh, he is in Lord of the Rings. He played a Gondorian ranger in the Lord of the Rings films. oh, I don't
0: know. He, All right, so nothing that would uh, make him stand out. I mean, he must just have a generically familiar face.
1: Oh, probably done lots and lots of stuff. That uh, oh 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 sorry, I've just seen here. Uh, his name is pronounced Bech. Okay and not, as in the Welsh language pronunciation for the word small, from which it's derived, and therefore also not the German word for brook, bach?
0: Yes. Beek, as in Dutch. Yeah, so brook. Beek, yeah, okay.
1: All right. Anyway, he's got a suit and black eyes, and John makes a great observation. Nice threads. Helps to humanise you. Makes it easier for me to sympathise with your problems.
0: Because he's been through this before. Oh, of course. And he immediately tries to shoot him. Not until
1: he steps closer. Yeah. Gun drawn first.
0: And he goes, time, 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 time. And John tries to fill it with time is on my side. Time is like a many splendid thing. Time is... (laughs) Oh, nice. Keep going.
1: (laughs) Come on. Come on. Rap battle. Throw it down. Uh (laughs) Time is a flat circle.
0: Time is a flat circle. Wow, time. Uh... That's Matthew McConaughey, man. Oh, okay.
1: Time after time. Oh
0: gosh, yes. Anyway, they are rosemary and Time is my favourite. Rosemary, parsley, sage, rosemary and thyme.
1: <laughs> I told you. Have I told you about rosemary and thyme, the British murder cozy about two lady detectives? Actually, it's 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 a lot better than I'm making it sound, or maybe it's a lot worse than I remember. It's one of yeah. those things. It's about two lady detectives who solve various murders through their gardening. Oh, I think you might have mentioned it, yes. I think one of them is an ex-detective, and now they're gardeners, but then there's all these
0: gardening-related murders. And... Okay. I think I
1: mentioned it on this very show. That's amazing. Okay, time.
0: so first of all, what is it with science fiction shows and having people in spacesuits have a little light shining in the corner of their eyes? This would be supremely irritating. Plus, there would be reflections of those lights on the inside of your helmet, and it would be, like, just rubbish. What is this?
1: The answer is in the question. The word is television.
0: yeah. On television, you want to be able
1: to see people's eyes. Yes,
0: yeah, so and you can. Be, and the helmet would be too reflective unless it's lit from the inside. So exactly. therefore, you have to like, yeah, no, I figured. But 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 in in continuity,
1: mm-hmm. even without the helmet, this is oculars, right? This is what what Erin wears in her prowler. Right. Yeah. This is just what you wear uh, no, in no, space no, no. to have help red you. Lights. Sorry,
0: they have red lights.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. well, these are just the cool new ones with the purple stripe.
0: <laughs> Okay, so that, haven't gotten that out of the way. Also nice that he can, like, survive naked in a wormhole. I mean, without a spaceship that's specifically built for it. Mm.
1: Yes, but this is no mere wormhole. Fair. Because as as Einstein explains, he was looking for John.
0: Yes, and he noticed that John had an uh, interest in this particular wormhole, so he used it to snatch him.
1: Yeah, because first of all, like... Einstein was. Let's let's get into it because we're, we're, there's no way that we're going to remember which bit of information happens and oh, which in which, yeah. which clip. Okay, so the way I got it was Einstein is a member of a species in another realm of existence. They don't even say universe, right? Yes. And they created a branch of their species that they sent into this realm called yes. the Ancients,
0: Havocly, uh, genetically modified or heavily modified, so that to able be able to, to survive there. Yeah, and those are the Ancients. So the Ancients and these guys are. Not necessarily the same species, related. but yeah, yeah. related. The, the ancients are derived from these guys. And I mean,
1: they, they might, you might just consider it the same. Just one of them is like genetically different, but culturally,
0: right? Yes, and their existence shares wormholes with the one of the ancients. This one's John's.
1: Uh, yes,
0: and messing with those wormholes would be a bad thing. It's a risk
1: to their existence, right?
0: Because, because basically, they tell you that wormholes allow space-time travel. But don't do the time part.
1: Yeah, so there's two risks here that that make wormholes so dangerous. First of all, it's they allow travel between this realm and theirs, which they're oh,
0: that also, yes.
1: terribly ter- afraid of because the biological beings in this realm are way more aggressive than the ones in that one.
0: It's kind of like the War of the Worlds, you know, where it turns out that like the Martian invaders, although technologically advanced, are being easily defeated by the common bacteria here oh, on Oh, yeah, Earth.
1: yeah. The who knows what existence is like? Existence, uh, mm. as uh, would say, on that side, and the
0: other is uh, is time. So, but uh, that's only a problem for them. The first one, they just don't yes. want anybody from from John's side coming over to theirs. That's just like, okay, don't do that. And then the real warning is like, oh, and don't ever travel through a wormhole back to a known location earlier than you last left it.
1: Yeah. Because with this technology, not only do you have the chance to puncture our reality and enter there, but you can also completely rewrite your own.
0: Yes, and create a yeah unrealized reality as they call it.
1: There's even a brief moment where John goes, "Okay, so there's millions of me running out there, you know, the quantum multi- yeah. multiverse theory," and says, "No, there's one and lots of possibilities." Yes, and any one of those possibilities could become
0: the, the new real. Yeah. Yeah
1: which is so fascinating because it would have been so easy to just go, oh, yeah, multiverse, and then you're stuck in another universe and you have yeah. to live there, right? That's a familiar scientific concept. Right. And it's completely rejected. No, there no. is only one universe.
0: There is only you, but we can, it can potentially be changed by doing time travel. By whatever, yeah. And there's also, they also mention that, you know, if you do happen to end up in the wrong place, quench the first thing that goes wrong.
1: Ignore the ripples, it, fix the first
0: problem. Fix the first thing that doesn't go the way it should go. And once that does, then everything should more or less settle back to the way it is. Due to the elasticity of time. Which is where we learn that both Harvey and Scorpius are aware of this bit of information.
1: I, I love that that's season three, episode five, I think, different destination with the section of Lion Men, where he talks about recent research. Yes. As though the, the peacekeepers have recently been doing experiments of time travel, although considering that they're at least 2,000 years old as a spacefaring culture, you know, yeah. since the breakaway colonies, whatever recent means, who knows. Then again, the ability to regrow a thoracic nerve, that was an, an, an innovation that happened between... Uh, Re-
0: very from, recently, yes. but Within season one. Yeah,
1: Aaron being captured and arriving yeah. on the gamma I mean, phase.
0: it would be a kind of, like, important thing for science to be working on. So what we get is a series of flash, I won't call them flashbacks, but flash yeah. side flashes. Because John with, leaps off the iceberg. He says, absolutely not. Actually, yes. this. Took me a while to figure out that that's what, what was going on, that it was actually John deciding to try and jump through a wormhole, and he keeps getting yanked back by Einstein. Yeah. Because, yeah, things start happening. He, starts, he basically starts learning how to use wormholes from yeah. the inside. Oh. Oh, wow. Yes, exactly. He's practicing. He's got a teacher with him who can, like, pull him back. Oh, that's uh, brilliant. Yes. And he's, he's practicing his new ability.
1: Okay, so in my first interpretation, even this time around, like, I thought it was Einstein – trying to yank him back through whatever and, like, teach him a lesson. But no, this is just where he happens to wind up when you do it wrong.
0: Yes, then this happens.
1: And Einstein yanks him out of the error that he caused by travelling through a wormhole. Okay, that's brilliant. This was such an overwhelming episode. I remember the first time watching it, it's like... It was it was way too much. And I think a lot of people didn't appreciate it as much as I do oh, now.
0: This definitely needs to be rewatched because there's so much going on, especially right? all of those later on flashback scenes when things get weird. <laughs> I mean it seems
1: fairly simple now. He's just
0: back in day one.
1: Which he actually says, like, whoa, day one. Ayasa, yellow-orange jumpsuit, walking onto the command. Dargo's there. He's still got his green eyes.
0: Yeah,
1: Zan's there. A little one eye. I think
0: was the. A co- I must say there was a clever uh, use of old footage and new footage. Um,
1: yeah, right. Really well married. I mean, it's
0: just. And I was like, oh, we're back to like pilot in a clamshell, yay! Because mm. we, we were talking about that the other you day. You mentioned it's it. Like, yes. <laughs> we haven't
1: seen a clamshell in forever. <laughs> yes,
0: and then suddenly next episode, bam! Pilot back in his old clamshell. Um, <laughs> yeah, but so it's it's interesting. React reenactment of the the scene like some things happen the same. Dargo picks him up and tries to talk to him, he gets jabbed by the little uh, by the translator micro at his request. Rigel, I noticed, is in his new uh outfit,
1: yes, because he had to interact with, I know, uh, right. with John, yes. Uh, oh, I did notice that sort of alien speech, yeah, was edited slightly differently, at least on mm-hmm. Dargo's side. It was it was using the, the sort of phonemes for the Luxon language that he's been developing instead of the weird sort of phased, w- right. wibbly-wobbly sound that they were using before.
0: Yeah. John avoids getting spat on by Rigel, but he <laughs> yeah. almost invites the tongue lashing from uh, Dargo.
1: Yeah, so he point goes like, the tick, neck, point, tick, neck, tick, tongue, tongue, tongue tick, <laughs> boom, and out.
0: And he's back on the iceberg. All right. Um...
1: There's a question about where the information comes from, which John, like, declines to answer. But then he has flashbacks to when Jack, the ancient, yes, implanted them. And he goes, whoa, stay out of my head.
0: Yeah, it's like this is Einstein trying to read his memories and trying to figure out what happened. And then? And then we get these weird testimonials. Documentary
1: testimonials? <laughs> yeah, I
0: know, right? I've got that written down. It's just like, that is so weird. So we have like the, we have like the coach, we have the school teacher. Yeah, a coach, a a priest, a great school teacher, I would say, Mm -hmm. a girlfriend and his science buddy. Uh, uh, And another woman.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not completely sure. Let me see Farscape. I I think, oh no, wait, I think
0: one of them, one of the women is a ex-girlfriend or a girlfriend or Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend. And the other one is, I think, a colleague.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out whether that was supposed to be the same character as his girlfriend in Rhapsody in Blue, which mm. I think not. That's supposed to be... Okay, I think that's a new
0: question.
1: I think that's a new character, yeah.
0: Right, because we've got the, the the long-haired blonde with the hair loose, and then the, the brunette with her hair tied up. So those are and I can't remember which one's the girlfriend and which one oh, is yes, the colleague. of
1: course, the girlfriend in Rhapsody in Blue... Was the sort of mental creation of one of the Delvians? Yeah, played by the same actress, so that wasn't even uh, okay. And they all have very, very good things to say about. Oh John. yes,
0: he's such a great guy, and he's amazing, and he's good in bed, and he's such a great <laughs> scientist. And,
1: and they miss him so much. Yes, like poor, poor, poor DK.
0: So I'm so I'm I'm trying to figure out what's happening here. It's just like because this is clearly not a memory. So this is just, I guess this is Einstein trying to put information in John's head because later on they become much more negative. Uh, yeah. And so I think that's just like Einstein trying to manipulate John by his emotional state, encouragement. I don't
1: even know whether these are actual f- sort of visions that Einstein is given, giving or whether these are just manifestations of of Crichton's like, subconscious, whether this is, mm. like, whether he's thinking about, like, I can die here. What, are, what do people remember about me?
0: Maybe. And then later on when they go negative, then he's going through a period of self-doubt. But on the yeah. other hand, eventually Einstein starts explaining to him how things are done and these people start telling him about it. So I kind of like your theory that it's basically subconscious manifestations of him because Einstein seems to be surprised that John is... Like running ahead of what he is saying, so yes, I think they are like John's John's thoughts and self-doubt. Yeah, John trying to talk himself up or John trying to talk himself down, uh, rather than okay.
1: I th- <laughs> I think that yes, I have a I have another like bit of bit of evidence for that uh, that hypothesis because the next thing that we uh, the, we get the next time that John with his hubris mm-hmm. uh, reject Einstein, he winds up on Moya. Yes. And it's falling apart. He's uh, he's wearing his PK jacket.
0: Oh, there was like the costume department must have been, had such a bold, <laughs> like having to go back and like, oh, crikey, we need that like uh, a dress, and now we need the the red oh, they, jacket they coat. They right. had it
1: all ready. They it was totally ready to go and ready for everyone to wear. Everyone was so impressed with the costume department that they could just whip these up out of nowhere, except <laughs> for Claudia Black, uh, because they just showed up. All right, and here's and here's Chiana's outfit. You just wear Chiana's outfit. You expect me to fit into that? That corset that was tailor-made for Gigi Edgley, who was eighteen at the time. I'm tiny. And I, yes. I, a thirty-something woman, I'm supposed to fit in. Yeah.
0: You've had years to perfect it for her. I have five minutes until I have to shoot. Oh, well, no, no, no way. Because that, like, I believe that Gigi Edgley told us it was like four or five hours in the makeup chair every day that she was in costume.
1: Oh yes, and yes, we, of
0: course. And we. Yeah, it like, which is
1: about how long it took you to realize that that wasn't. No,
0: that wasn't, it didn't. Gigi. No, I didn't. I like immediately with first shot, I went like, okay, that looks weird, especially the wig. And then I was just like leaning in, and it it took me it took you a bit, a bit, no, to confirm it. <laughs> yeah, like no, I, I, I immediately went like, okay, I don't think that is Gigi actually. I think that's Claudia Black. And I just like the length of time it took me to was, was just okay. Now I know for for certain that it's Claudia Black. No need to be
1: defensive.
0: I was just being mean. I know that you that you knew something was, it's was the, fishy. It's, it's the jawline. Like she, yeah, right. Claudia Black has much more, uh, well, I will not say pointy chin, but it sticks out more.
1: Yeah, she's got a sort of angular mandible, mm. I guess I want to say. Compared, right. She's a much more muscular woman. That too. Than, uh, than she's at the time, of
0: course. But it's still amazing that how... How hard it can be, like if you put put them in that makeup to make it look uh, like. It's, yeah. I think she was also playing it up a little bit, but
1: yeah, well, that's the Chiana part. Like right, she, of course, she even did the thing where she jumped into uh, Ben Browder's arms and pants. I, I thought you were going to say, but which is like Pounds, clearly yes, what she's exactly. trying to do. Come on, Graydon, we're going to die. I just want to die doing something fun, something I like, which like, is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the rough cut. Of that moment, you can hear Ben Browder's finger snap because... Oh, he broke a finger? Uh, yeah, it bent it bent backwards pretty hard when Ooh. she jumped into his... Oh, crikey. And he's sort of cool about it. Ben Browder like, yep, yeah, every every it season there's, a, yeah. there's an
0: episode or two where... Uh, Someone gets injured. Yeah,
1: he was actually expecting it to happen when they had to recreate the, uh, the fight Ooh, in the cell. Yes,
0: I remember that one.
1: Because <laughs> he had to throw himself face down onto bare concrete. Oh, again. Which he was not looking forward to doing again. No, I can well imagine. There's this this moment with, with Chiana, whom he rejects but is very confused by, because he mm. does recognize
0: that it's Aaron in some form. Yeah. So what does this say about... Okay, so, all right. Interesting thing here. Yes. Right at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. I mean, again, no spoilers here, because it's this episode and we expect people to have watched it, he ends up in orbit around Earth. Ooh. And he's like, oops. And considering that, you know, intent is part of the traveling process, I'm thinking at the beginning he is learning how to use this ability, how to find the right wormhole. Yeah. There must be some sort of intent or desire or uh, yeah, will yeah. for him but from John's perspective leading him to each each of these unrealized realities. So there must be something in him desiring, like, you know, Aaron, but with the eagerness and the atten- and and attention that uh, channel like he, like I'm I'm just maybe okay. not, not, not on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, that like it, all of these things that we see are uh, represent some something that he desires or something that would, he thinks would have been better.
1: That is really interesting because I was I was going to counter it, or at least with, with my original interpretation. This is where you wind up when you don't focus on what you want. Mm. Right? then you could just wind up anywhere where things that you don't want or never thought about. Right. But your interpretation is much better because, like, intention is the key. Destination <laughs> is the key. <laughs> and so, like, if you're exiting a wormhole, then it can be anything that's lingering in the back of your mind. Yes, that can key in. So, look, I mean, I know that very early on in uh, in season one, a lot of people shipped Chiana and John. Yeah, so that was an interesting uh, interesting pairing. Mm-hmm. Certainly because Chiana was mysterious and she was a much more sexual creature. I'm sure that appealed to uh, to a lot of people. Of course, John's heart was won by the radiant Aaron Sun. Yes. But hearts are complicated things, and desire is never… Yes, the heart wants what the heart wants. Right, and it can be many things in different forms. And I mean, maybe this would be some version of a fantasy that he at one point had. What if these two women were the same?
0: Yes. So this leads to the first bit of explanation that Einstein does.
1: What you experienced was real this yes. is not
0: something that like you made up or something that only happened in your head this was real and he points at the the hair that he's still holding in his hand john doesn't believe him until he sees that he's still holding
1: it and like that was real for the for the well,
0: moment. even then he says like you you created this this could be all be part of this this iceberg world that you've but created i don't think that he believes that
1: no because that's a good point. this is the exact moment where he where the sort of testimonials turn on him yes so, his emotional state was full of hubris and confidence up until this point. Mm-hmm. And now he's full of self doubt because yeah. he's actually convinced. He's, he's putting on a brave face against Einstein. So, he gets to Zizan again. As a pa'u, I'm generally the teacher. But with John, I, I learned as much as I gave. Oh,
0: And Jewel, and. They're being interviewed. Yes.
1: They're just giving interviews, and and is that Crace as well, yes. And I, Stark nice. is that actually the
0: actor who played Stark? Yes. Okay. His hair's grown back. Oh, that would be it then. Yes. And, and actually, I think the first time we see uh, we see Crace, uh, he's still being very positive about John.
1: Yes, exactly. And they're all talking about like yeah. how how absolutely incredible he is, and and Jules talking about like the sexual energy that he had the first mm. time he touched me. And then he realizes he's holding this hair. And then, boom, like, suddenly he was terrible in the sack. The coach is disappointed in him. Crichton blew a key tackle. My three-year-old niece could have tripped this guy up. So, now that John has been sort of humbled... Mm -hmm. Actually, yeah, hold on. This episode is about his journey from confidence to terror.
0: Is it? Okay.
1: Wait, okay, because... The question that, he, that Einstein asks early on, like, does this knowledge scare you? And John says, no.
0: Uh. Because
1: he's been you know, heavily traumatized. Like, yeah. lots of things have terrified him at all times. And he's learned to, you've just got to be brave. and You've just got to push through. Yeah, And even, oh, I was going to say, even though he's seen what a wormhole weapon can do, right. no, he didn't. That John died.
0: Yeah. Also, I would agree that John, being a scientist, says, like, knowledge cannot be terrifying. Knowledge is knowledge. Yeah. But then he learns that, yes, this information can be very dangerous. And immensely- maybe the, maybe the consequences of this should terrify. Which, in all fairness, still doesn't mean that the information itself is terrifying. But the knowledge, what you can do with it, might the be. The fact that you have it. The fact yeah. that you
1: have that power. Because that's where he winds up. Right, He winds up saying, yes, I'm terrified mm. of what I could do yes. with this power. And that's what Einstein says, like... Fear is the correct answer. If you're afraid of it, then you're allowed to have it. And that's his journey because he goes from that hubris, which is represented by the testimonials, mm-hmm. and then the testimonials turn on him and he has a lot of self-doubt. And then even when testimonials start speaking Einstein's lines, which I'm not exactly sure, maybe now there are projections of Einstein or right. there's something else entirely, right? Maybe there's something that that John is pulling out of the multiverse, could be as he's learning more from or it is, it's just like
0: <clears throat> I mean they have the ability to put information in people's heads, but I think the, uh, when he starts speaking Einstein's lines, I think he's running ahead of Einstein, and, and, oh, Einstein, is, and Einstein is surprised at that. He's what he's seeing happening. <gasps> You're right. Einstein is realizing that he's like digging this information out of the his subconscious as it was pushed put in there by the. Ancients, yeah, but he's grokking it. He's not just like regurgitating it. He actually understands at that. Oh, point.
1: very good. Now tell everyone where the word grok comes from.
0: It comes from a Heinlein book, and I believe it is called. Oh, it's something with Mars. Mars. The last. The Mars. A not, Heinlein it's, book is enough. It's not the. It's not the Martian, is it? Please don't get stuck no. on,
1: on this. Tell okay. us what it no. means.
0: Oh, it means. It, it actually. It is actually Martian language, and it means to to drink. As in, uh, it's about water becoming a complete part of you. So it means complete understanding of uh, a subject matter.
1: Whoa! Yeah, (laughs) that's what's happening here. It's it's immersion learning.
0: Yes, but literally,
1: he's being he's being dumped in the swirl holes.
0: And yes, he's learning how to, to learn absorb, how to swim. he's absorbing it, yes. And this leads into what I think might have been the scene that you were looking for most in this episode.
1: <laughs> I'm so disappointed by it because he's zapped back onto day one and he recognizes, oh yeah, this is a dream where I wake up naked. And then he f***ing does not <laughs> Why would you deny us this? I know, I know for expedience because it would have required Rigel. Otherwise, oh. Rigel is the one who gives him his clothes, I think.
0: Oh, well, I was talking about the scene where he, like, wakes up in the cell with uh, That's what Aaron. I'm talking oh, about. Oh, right. Oh, it is now, Except yes.
1: unlike in, in the original pilot episode, he wakes up with his shirt on. Yes. Uh, and he goes, thank God for small mercies. <laughs> and I yell, fuck you, Ben Browner! <laughs> fuck you, David Kemper! How dare you? We get
0: so little shirtless, Ben John. And I love the, uh, the exchange that they have, because, like, he preempts Aaron... Oh yeah! Telling her, and you can see her suspicion. She must be thinking, like, okay, what kind of special operative is this who knows exactly who I am? And I'm surprised that he didn't go the full oh lieutenant,
1: you Uh, know, put on the accent and everything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And yet again, we see an example here of like how things that don't go the right way get fixed, because even after a little bit of back and forth pentak jabbing. Yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah cuz he offers he, her his hand. Yeah, uh, she uh, takes it and he starts to body check him and he rejects it because he's learned from her. He knows what she's going to do. He knows that she was going to attack him. He he shows off his learning which in her mind would, must reinforce the point that he is in fact a peacekeeper who is uh, yep. who, who knows how to do this. But then again he I guess he trusts a little bit too much on his <laughs> attendant because eventually he does basically get kneed in the groin, gets thrown across the concrete floor, as you just said. Oh, that's and another we hefty up, chin bounce on the and concrete. We, and we end up with another shot of uh, Aaron straddling his chest and pinning him down, hand on his throat. Kicking left, kicking
1: right arm and then straddling yep. his uh, his neck. The hello.gif, as I've, I've yes. made for our SoFarscape <laughs> like, friends. Welcome to the channel. <laughs>
0: um, and did she, did, she, did she end up breaking his neck in the end? That's what it looks like to me.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I think she's completely unsatisfied, because in the original version of these events, where she didn't have her wonderful new hair, mm-hmm. which I think is a wig. I mean, I th- hmm? it was described as a three-quarters wig, so the, the front was her own hair. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Rigel was there, and then the, the, oh. the fight got broken up.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Because Zahn and Dargo arrive. Oh, yeah,
0: Snappy Nikki and Bat John's back on the iceberg. You know, this. One. One I wonder in. if
1: this sort of it, is the first moment. Because uh, there's a through line here, mm-hmm. which is in the next sort of flashback, he's a peacekeeper. Yeah. Right? Or he's a peacekeeper agent. Or maybe he is a peacekeeper. So maybe he already has the peacekeeper paper neck
0: here. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: took a took a bit to get to that little joke.
0: Oh, yeah, so this is where we get the the explanation about the rippling and uh, changing uh, changing things and like fixing them, because he demonstrates throwing the uh, the ice cube into the pond and how what the effects are.
1: And John asks, "Why not just kill me?" Which is what Einstein said that he was going to, to do. do. Yeah. And Einstein says, I trust the one who trusted you. So he's really curious. In fact, there's this this whole chain. Like, originally it was Einstein who sucked Moya through a wormhole at the end of season three.
0: Yes. We, and, as we learn.
1: And we find out that it's because he was expecting a Pathfinder vessel. Because Moya still has the Pathfinder beacon bonded to
0: it. Right, yes.
1: That's what drew Einstein to right.
0: Moya. Makes you wonder what Einstein told pilots to like not talk about what happened because we pilot was cl- definitely yeah. Like, yeah we're not talking about that
1: and also maybe this is why pilot didn't respond when the oh emerged.
0: oh very good point i have no idea maybe their <laughs>
1: comms just weren't working or maybe pilot was convinced or programmed or, or or whatever
0: right yes no very good point like oh we need him here so let's leave him in there that's a very good point yeah because like john that. intuits
1: this as well so yeah. that's why you released them Right, like, because none of the people on board Moya when when she was captured yeah, were, knew about wormhole. wormholes, but he did. So you released them as bait to find me.
0: John mimics the throwing, and now we see him in his sexy, sexy peacekeeper gear again. Oh, the red, the red top jacket.
1: Oh yeah, the captain's uniform from A Bug's Life. Unfortunately, he doesn't do the lieutenant accent, but uh, no.
0: it doesn't matter. Bracca's still completely moon-eyed. Okay, so I'm assuming this is Claudia Black again, but now. Made up a Sokozu, right?
1: No, this but is Rayleigh
0: it, Hill. This it, is... It is. She looks so different. I mean, I was like, like okay, is this is another... You're right that she does look a little she bit looks, different. She looks very different here. I don't know that it's not her. I don't know, right? I had really... I
1: mean, Actually, I know that it is her because Rayleigh yeah. Hill talked about, like, she always liked to do her own stunts. Yeah. But there's one stunt here where she has to run along the glass yeah. walls as they're being blown apart. And she left that one to her stunt person, okay. who is much more capable because she was terrified of doing it wrong.
0: Fair enough. Because I was like, this is where I have, a, like, a note saying we have a good expense, firefight expensive shot. Because this is like a, whoa, this is must have been a really expensive shot to do because there's... There's wireworks, There's, like, glass explosions. There's, like, it, it's yeah. a, quite a firefight we get here. Uh, this
1: whole episode costs two days less than a regular Farscape episode. Okay. They, they saved a huge chunk of budget, which they all sent to the uh, uh, creature department. Yeah. And they filmed this in, I think a regular filming is, like, nine days or maybe seven days. Mm -hmm. So this just took a huge percentage of their filming time and they still managed to do this, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah,
0: this must have been like one of the major shots. uh, So this is on a
1: Peacekeeper command carrier and Lieutenant Bracca is there. Just, oh, he's such a little simp. He's so in love with Captain, <laughs> Captain John; it's adorable. And introducing him to the Scarran spy,
0: yes, who needs to be interrogated, and he just goes like, "Yeah, take her off, the, take her, take those cuffs off. We'll, we'll deal with it." And what does he show her? Because he walks over to the window, and there's something on the other side, and I can't tell what it is. I think is it's it? a prowler. It's the it's a prowler bait that they're looking down on. Right, so it's one of the wormhole prowlers, maybe.
1: I think, yeah, I don't know if that it still still matters because. I mean, this set used to be Opius' gamak base. Yeah. But that command carrier was taken now over by Grazer. Yeah. And is not part of... Oh, no, hold on. Was destroyed. So this could be any old command carrier. I have mm. no idea. But I think the more important thing is, like, he's trying to have a, a word with Sarkoza. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm just trying to keep you alive. Or is he? Yeah. Because he also says to Braca, watch and learn. Because he comes out of this, yes, we have the the huge firefight, which is absolutely fantastic. Because she doesn't trust him, grabs his weapon, yeah. shoots two commandos, jumps up on the window, the glass breaks again.
0: Yeah, Braca ends up getting shots right in front of uh, John. Like is, is Braca doing? Is like no dive? He's not like he's, but he is kind of. <laughs> no, he's
1: not. He was doing a sort of John Woo jump dive to, to shoot at her, which. John stopped to use him as a human shield, (laughs) a separation shield. Pardon me. And then, like she says, "weak species." She's gloating as he shoots her, and as he shoots her, he smiles. Right, and yeah. And then John comes out of that and says, "Wait, that's not me," because that was a he experienced not only a different world but a different him. He experienced being a different John. Fair
0: point. Yes. Oh. I considered that. Yeah,
1: that terrifies him. Yeah, and, and and Einstein sort of standing over him, and John kicks him away. Actually, kicks him. Before. Yes. Kind of surprised that worked. Sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah. because he says that's that's not me either. Yeah, like and, he brought some of that aggression.
0: And Einstein, yeah, and Einstein seems to be like really afraid and like like cowering away from him until he convinces him. Like, yeah, come on, here's my hand. Like. Grab my hand, I'll get help you get back up to your feet. Sorry about that. This is fascinating. Because, yeah, he's not used to aggression. Mm, good point. Well, he did say the species on this side were it, much more uh, yeah. uh, dangerous. And he does a little delve through John's mind, I guess, a little history, including what he sees about uh, Rigel being dissected. Uh, yes,
1: because he's talking now he's talking about, like, crossing your own timeline, going back to your origin is the the most dangerous thing you can do as a mm. world traveler and, and where, the, where the most things can go wrong. Speaking of things going wrong, like their whole sort of reality is collapsing.
0: Yeah, because apparently Einstein can only hold it together for so much longer and the iceberg starts cracking. And there's a little drift there for a moment where they're sitting on different ice flows.
1: Yeah. They all talk about this as, as if it was a very cheap episode to make you know we only had one guest star and one set and like two special effects but holy heck the set had to come apart They had to bring all these all these actors back now of course they had access to lani tupu yeah who came in for the voice for pilot and virginia hay did her bits for this while she was flown in to do uh john quixote so she did a few of these between uh, between takes with the adjusted makeup so she could wear a skull cap
0: mm-hmm yeah, you can tell a little bit when she twists her hair. You can see her neck bulging out a little bit where the where the hair is underneath the yeah. the, the cap. Yeah, I kind of like that they didn't hide it. Like they actually put a light on the on the back of her head, yeah. the, the the beautiful bald skull of Pa'u Zotozan. So more testimonials where they start like jabbering on about what's going on, and finally we get the shot where. Dad, Scorpio's dad, offers him a hot dog. <laughs> hot dog! Just like literally a flaming charred piece of hot dog. Yeah. And this is, I think, because
1: I like your theory that the other sort of universes that he's jumped into are because he jumped through a wormhole and exited randomly, and then he tossed the pebble and he was trying to do it better mm-hmm. and still failed horribly. And now he's being guided by Einstein, who, who says, Let me show you something. Yeah. Because now he's walking into a world where centuries before his birth, the Scarns
0: invaded. Yeah, got hold and like everybody's like partial Scarn, I suppose. Like because even John has this like kind of Scorpius makeup. Yeah, it's not exactly the same as that. Scorpius, but it kind of looks like it's very reminiscent of it. And of course, Wayne Pygram as John's dad. Yeah.
1: They they got him a a wig to represent Kent McCord who has yeah. this
0: this beautiful
1: fiberglass Wife head of here. hair. Wayne Pygram absolutely loved the wig and he yeah. kept touching it the whole time, was looking <laughs> admiring himself in the mirror. <laughs> I guess he was like a Sean Connery in the Hunt for Red October. Uh. Fantastic toupee, because yeah, apparently, like now they live in a world where everyone wears these gigantic cuffs. As as Dad says, you know, a little personal freedom in exchange for far better genetics. Yes, and they like their food on fire.
0: Apparently so. And John just like a little uh, a better state of being in re- in exchange for freedom. It's
1: like isn't that worth it? Nah, no. because he wants to be a pilot, which I guess is rebellious. Because
0: oh well, Dad
1: confides in him.
0: Yes, that, yes, I still want to walk on the moon. A line that we couldn't. Here, no, we had to like turn the subtitles on to uh, find out what it was, what he actually said. So maybe uh, even
1: this version of Dad was still encouraging him to be his own kind of hero.
0: Yeah, back on the ice flow, Einstein is not looking well, he's like having a hard time keeping it together. Uh, And now the information is coming mostly from the
1: testimonials, the editing is
0: incredible. I actually found it a little bit jarring at points the amount yeah. of cuts especially when we get to the point where there's like the wormhole flying through scenes and it it jars back and forth rapidly. Yeah, many times.
1: There was an interesting line in
0: there, the only destination you can
1: realize by design are those of which you have foreknowledge.
0: Okay. So
1: So this immediately like I didn't catch that my first time around. Mm-hmm. So this is like completely new for me. So I'm super excited by it now. The very first time that we saw wormhole travel.
0: Yeah. Was in the first episode.
1: Where John had no knowledge of wormholes. Yeah. And no knowledge of where he was going to wind up.
0: Right. So it was essentially random. Was it? Because mm-hmm. this statement, the
1: only outcomes that can be realized yeah, are, the ones- are ones that you have foreknowledge of. Oh. So how did he... Hmm. How could he wind up anywhere that was real? Or is he already in an unrealized reality? Or
0: Yeah, but once you get stuck in an unrealized reality, that becomes the new reality.
1: At least to the people within it. Yeah. Like, the, the, the ancients or the, the ancestral species of the ancients, which I don't think is named, Einstein species, yeah. they might be able to tell the difference. Like, certainly he's able to identify a brand new unrealized reality before it fully solidifies. Right.
0: But once it does, maybe it just goes... I mean, that would be in line with the no multiverse thing. It's like...
1: Or maybe that was on John's mind when he got caught up in that in that wormhole. Hmm. Like, he was dreaming of... Outer space. He always wanted to be an explorer, something like that. Yeah,
0: but then he would. That's not foreknowledge. That's for wishing, I suppose.
1: But that sort of ties into your into your hypothesis. Is there such a difference between foreknowledge and for wishing? If the the unrealized realities are essentially infinite.
0: Hmm. Well that depends on what they meant by that line but yes
1: yeah it's <laughs> because also there is the elasticity of time But yeah. if you want a particular outcome or a, you know you time can sort of blend to to suit it
0: yes <sighs> well speaking of time blending ah yes john gets jumped back onto moya and now things are getting weird because we still have claudia black as chana yes it's the same one that he just left so yes, we've done yeah But now we have a weird (laughs) Dargo Rigel mix. Two of them, actually. So we have... Uh, Stark, playing, played by the actress who plays Sekozu, I think. Yes, very good, very good. Uh, Talking Jew, about my love, your is also a hybrid, has <laughs> uh, also been hybridized with Dargo.
1: Let me, hold on, let me find the
0: quote from the Visual Companion novel. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. I think, um, like, I, I mean, okay, I think they just got the makeup department completely blotto. And then, like... <laughs> Go nuts.
1: So first of all, like David Kemper went up to uh, Dave Elsie and like, what do you want to do? And like, well, obviously, I want to do Scorpius as a Crichton's dad. But then after that, all the actors sort of got to choose their own. Okay. Uh, and one of the first ones who got to choose who they wanted to be was, let me see, Anthony Simcoe. And Anthony Simcoe says here on page 41 of Farscape the Illustrated Companion, season 4, he says he wanted to play Jewel because... I wanted breasts, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Fair. Jewel is so different from Dargo, plus I thought I wasn't going to be under so many prosthetics, but the costume was so uncomfortable that by the end of the couple days shooting, I was praying to go back into the Dargo makeup. (laughs) Gigi Edgley had the same experience playing Naranti. Oh,
0: that was it. I had a hard time figuring out who that uh, that was, but that was Gigi Edgley. Also because she was
1: blue, right? She was Zan Blue. Yes. Um... And she had these eyebrows and like she, her experience was, whoa, when you're under all those those batteries and, and prosthetics whirring around your head and people look at you different. And who's playing, who's playing Rigel? Melissa Jaffer.
0: She's Naranti. Oh, right. Fair Everyone enough. else
1: had chosen theirs. Yeah, yeah. And, like, she was the new girl on the okay, set. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: she gets. Veteran actress. <laughs> yeah, but still, you know, a new one in this. Which
1: she's found a little bit frustrating because the sort of animatronic on her head, like she had the mobile mobile yeah. bits around her, were apparently built similar to the inspiration or similar to the design of the of the puppet. Uh-huh. So she had the battery for all those servers in the back of her neck.
0: Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so she couldn't really move her head that much. She, yeah. I think she would have preferred it if wires had been longer. Yeah, and you, been, can like, tell,
0: you can tell that there's a lot of like shoulder movements yeah, as yeah, she's yeah. moving around. It's uh yeah.
1: But all of these are
0: spectacular. Do you have a favorite? Oh, I think it's probably Oh. I mean it's, Let's it's either gonna be the pup? it's gonna be puppet captain Dargo. Uh so Rigel, Rigel.
1: as Dargo. Let's or, do it
0: as as that. And you have Dargo as Jewel? I think no. Rigel as Dargo just looks like a, a weird dwarf from uh Lord of the Rings, or something. He even talks like it, because, like
1: Jonathan Hardy, can't keep an accent straight. When it's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think like Dargo as Jewel is my favorite here. That's because, like, you get the high forehead, which, you, but then you still have the beard, and it's like, and the, the yeah tinkers and everything, and the
1: corset. There's and so much.
0: It's but but combined with the, the the red curls, it's it's fantastic. I think that has to be my favorite. It's, and the screams. Which everybody starts doing at some point. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's a huge screen montage, which I will not be editing into this episode. You're welcome. Because apparently the ship is under attack from a command carrier. Yeah. And they're taking potshots at Moya.
1: I'm trying to think, like, is Zan supposed to actually be there? No, no, no. We're we're messing through all sorts of different timelines because we we get cuts to actual Jewel, actual Stark, actual Zan.
0: This was a very confusing series of shots. At one point I had literally no idea what was going on here. It's just like yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. There it's doesn't seem to be a purple doesn't seem to be it was just like basically them frelling around and having a good laugh at it and being spectacular about it. But I don't think it like there was much story <laughs> plot or development happening here.
1: I Honestly, I think you'll be surprised because I got a lot out of this. Okay. So we'll have to figure out when we're going to do it, but let's definitely watch this one again, even if it's just even if it's just you and me. And well, maybe-
0: well I, I literally have it written down. What's going on in the extended fight scene? Uh, yeah. I didn't get any story progression. I mean, it looked spectacular and it was amazing, and we do have... Okay, so we have another thing. At the end of the fight, the, uh-huh. the ship is boarded, and...
1: Yeah, by, by by peacekeepers, and like right. as Chiana wants to go fight them, and uh, Rigel as Darko said, "No, stay at your post. And they've already like overrun the ship, and they're coming on board, and they have nowhere to go. And John is standing there with is that
0: is that Chiana's little? I dinky think it gun? is. Yeah, I
1: think it's the noisy cricket because it looks sort of like a luger. And yes, but, but and and a very important moment.
0: Dead cannot die. Corporeal illusion. Yes.
1: Send me somewhere else. Send me somewhere better. This whole thing. This is the only moment that John is really interacting with this this universe. Like, whatever this version of Stark wants, it's to not be killed by peacekeepers, but to maybe, like, be able to reconstitute themselves. Oh, okay. And he obliges. And, and Kozu, as Stark, prepares himself. They say this prayer, and they ask to be shot, and Crichton shoots them. Uh, I'm using them pronouns. Right. No, I get that. This.
0: At this point, Kreis comes on there the we go. board, and he shoots Rigel, or... Yes. Uh, Norantia's, Norantia's Rigel. Rigel. Despite the fact that they had a deal, because, of right. course, Rigel sold them out. Sold him out. But there is a bit of a Mexican standoff between John and uh, Kreis. And, of course, it like it breaks down, surprisingly, with like, ah, my friend, you did well. and like, Brother. Brother. He oh. calls him brother. That's it. Right. Yes. Right. So you did a good invasion. Like, you turned it around. You captured it.
1: Because it did start off with, my brother's killer, and then he embraces him as a brother. Yeah. What the hell? No idea what's going on, but damn, that's it. And a few last testimonials explaining the way wormholes work.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And now the ice flow is a lot smaller, and they're just kind of like sitting on it back to back, floating around on it. Einstein explaining that he almost couldn't pull John back from this one. That's probably the last time he could do that. Yeah. Which explains why it was such a long, extended scene. So, like, I oh, guess yeah. it almost solidified and almost became real. And there's nothing else to
1: do. Like, there's 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 nowhere to to leave. He can't. He doesn't have the strength
0: to drop John off. He just has to do it on his own. Yep. John has to fly solo now. I've ta- taught you all I can in this amount of time we have. Suddenly, John has his spacesuit back on. Yep. With no propulsion which nope. every other wormhole
1: traversing vehicle has always had.
0: No, nope. and he's going to do it by mind power on his own uh, alone. And so he's completely focused, Moya after, Moya after. after Moya after, and we get a I- lovely shot from Galaxy Quest. Where he- <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes! You said that when he came out of the wormhole. Wall. That
0: was a hell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and where is he?
0: He is. I mean, okay. So I actually, had to. I didn't have to, but I rewound a little bit to check after I saw we saw him fly floating above Earth. <laughs> so no, you f- okay? First you see him. First you see the moon, uh, and that's it why it just
1: be, it could be anywhere. Well, moon. that's
0: that's what I wanted to like go back to because like we saw a moon, a a, yep. a barren planet, and then you he slowly t- spins around, and I'm just like, okay, where is this? And no, of course, it's the US with not very many clouds over it, but it took me a while to Which figure out. Which the
1: U.S. is that? Is that-
0: it's, oh, yeah, it's the Gulf of Mexico. It's like Florida's on oh, the Florida left. Oh, Florida Keys. Florida's on the left, and you can see uh, then the rest, and then you have the... Oh, uh,
1: yeah, Canaveral.
0: Yeah, that's not the Keys, that's Cuba, but never mind. You can't see the oh, Keys pardon in this me. shirt. Yeah, and on the right you see Baja, that little worm, that little stick out. Oh, uh, it's the pronounced Baja. Baja Peninsula. <laughs> Stupid joke, but yeah. So I had to do a little uh, rewind to see if that was actual moon. But you don't see enough of it to to actually be able to determine that. So they they, they cleverly hid that in the by by just having a sliver of the moon visible. Uh So it probably is the actual moon. I mean, I'd have to like like pause that shot and then compare it to see whether or not it's.
1: Oh, I'm sure some wonderful wonderful nerds have done exactly that. Right. And he smiles, and then his smile fades because he remembers like, what he just. Oh, what would you just told? Yes. The thing you just learned.
0: <laughs> oops. Yeah, yeah, gigantic oops. Right, yes. We don't know when he is, but he is back on Earth. And, like, yeah, coming down is going to be a bit tricky because, like, there's no Moya because he tries to, like, no. radio for Moya.
1: The last few times that you were helplessly floating around in space, <laughs> at least there were, like, spacecraft available that could. That could sort of fetch you, but not so right now. Yep. If this is even Earth.
0: I mean, it sure looks like it. It's... Hey, Kay. Yeah.
1: You made a prediction in season one, episode one, that John, yeah uh, was going to return to Earth at some point. Well, yes. Here's a, here a huge thing. Do you think that this is the moment when he returns to Earth? I... And, and help me out. If there's, yeah. if there's some way, like, do you want to double the points or halve the points? I mean, either way, it's a massive point value considering that you get like, oh, a multiplier for, per for, episode yeah, that it's yeah, taken. For, for
0: four seasons of interest on that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, oi. Is he going to be able to do, I... Okay, we've seen a lot of stuff where he's been like, like, how horrible it would be for him to go back to Earth in this episode. Like, pretty much everything that showed him on Earth was negative.
1: Oh, wait. Hang on, hang on. We weren't doing points yet then. So you actually no, don't not. have a
0: point value. No, I guess not. No, it's fine. So Okay, uh, no, here, th- here's yeah. what I'm
1: doing for you now then.
0: Yeah. Do I uh, so
1: there's this, there's this massive multiplier that I can't yeah. calculate. No, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, this is where I'm going to put you. So you can tell me whether he is now actually on Earth or not. And the points that you earn with that prediction will be added or subtracted. Okay if you um, get it if you get it wrong and then you get to choose how many points you will be adding or subtracting depending on whether you're right or wrong and i'm forcing you to choose
0: all right okay so i i well I, you can for, try to force me i think he is <laughs> on a, at earth but i don't think he will be on earth
1: what does that mean
0: as in he's not going to go get his feet on the ground and talk to people okay i think there's going to be some sort of you know exchange spaceship i mean there have to be like some weird stuff where he jigg- jiggies the communication system to call people, and that just have to be happen to be a space shuttle in orbit, which would just happen to be able to like get into an orbit that he is in, and to ha- happenly to get him down. You know? So I don't think he's going to.
1: Get you don't think boots he's going to set ground. foot? I all don't right, think he's right. going
0: to get boots on the ground. I think it is actually Earth, but I think there's going to be wormhole shenanigans that will get him.
1: I'm going to do you else. a favor again. I'm going to split it into two. So okay. he is at yeah. Earth, but he
0: won't set foot. Right. on Right. Yes
1: on, uh, uh, is at earth. He is at actual earth John won't set foot on earth Okay I have forgotten what formula I was I was using for that, I know I had this hubristic idea that we do a huge multiplier <laughs> whatever, we're getting so close to the end it, it doesn't matter, oh my god what an episode! <laughs> yes, absolutely She gives me a woody She gives you the willies
0: so, let's see. What have, kind of willies do we have? Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, so the, the light's in the corner of his eyes and the helmet. That's, like, a, a little bit potential for a willy. But I think it, like, I mean, the only thing that I have against this episode uh-huh. would probably be the the lots of flashy, nervous cuts. Right, Yeah. That especially earlier on in the episode, that was kind of irritating me, like the, the the super fast cuts between wormhole travel and things happening, and
1: it's overwhelming.
0: Yes, absolutely. So that I mean, I guess have to say that's like that would be my willy for this episode. It, yes, I I actually will I I actually will join you on that. Like, it's
1: completely overwhelming your first time around. It's mm. it's just it's just so much episode how written by david kemper a really fantastic script and just so much but then where does your woody go
0: early on contender was pilot's cattiness which oh we haven't even talked about that this alternate (laughs) pilot was just so fucking what (laughs) called them gets worse morons <laughs> no pilot. Was, yeah, I was kind of disappointed that pilot didn't get swapped around in the character swap and uh, messing things up. Like pilot was still pilot, but I could understand why this would have been like a almost impossibly, po- uh, impossibly oh. impossible to get around uh, to doing. Oh, they could have done it. Who would they you... could have? Oh, wait, stop. Handbrake. Who would you want pilot to have swapped with? Oh, oh, pilot. I mean, pilot swap could have been. I mean Dargo would have been hilarious. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Dargo would have been. Wow. Uh, so yes, another good candidate <gasps> for the woody. Where? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: Pilot and Zan.
0: Oh. That Can you imagine that as a that hybrid? Would, oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah.
1: ooh, I imagine someone like some, some sort of kephlopod or, yeah. or
0: ...cetation. Well. Okay, sorry, sorry. Yes, you're Woody. So second one. I uh, keep interrupting se- your Woody. I know. I'm right? really I'm really sort of Okay, the uh, the blocking. other one, other strong candidate was the uh, the firefight scene aboard the command carrier. That's good. That was like that was just like really good wire work and like with the windows breaking and all. Yeah, that was a really great shot. I'm
1: glad to see that you're getting into early 2000s television firefights finally.
0: <laughs> but no, uh, the actual thing is uh, that gets my woody with how the makeup gets more and more f- uh, frelled up uh, in the uh, in the final scene where like all the all the character swapping and all the like bits from one stuck onto the other. (laughs) the the, the makeup department definitely gets my woody for this episode a
1: double woody for the makeup department (laughs) mine too Dave Elsie like what they what they managed to do these incredible creations, and not just the like the makeup department
0: and the actors themselves. They had so much fun with these roles. I can imagine they've done the swappy thing like several times now. I guess they must have been like, "Oh, great, we get to swap around again. this yeah. was, was going to be so much fun."
1: Really, really fantastic. And I think by the by the same token, also bringing in Paul Goddard as Stark, Oh, oh Lani yeah. Tupu as Crace, in character, both like in the testimonials, which we still don't know what they are, and the. The actual craze in this alternate, unrealized reality yeah. where he is brothers, brothers. with John.
0: Yeah. Oof.
1: And for me, it's a completely willy-less episode because, ah. yeah. coming back to it, I don't know if I've rewatched it since the series came out because I think. Uh, Yes, I think that the, the DVDs for this part of the series came in a troubling part of my life. When, oh, yes. You know, and uh, Farscape wasn't the thing that I was looking forward to anymore. Most Not anymore. because. Where I, I, I was still collecting them, but I don't know that I was rewatching them. And Right. Now I'm getting to rewatch it, and it's amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Actually, no, my Willie goes to the school teacher because she just has. She's the MVP of this episode. Okay. So she she explains to him, hey, you didn't forget an A, you wrote an essay about Mark Twin. Yes Which is such a powerful school teacher move. Like, no, I'm not forgiving you for that.
0: <laughs> and she was very catty about him as well. Like, like he was never yeah, you didn't yeah. amount to anything and rubbish and oh. And Love. then she
1: transforms into this this teacher explaining, oh absolutely amazing. Lovely.
0: Alright.
1: And and that's, that's the stories so, so far, scape, yes,
0: please join us next week for another tales of the terrorized territories, or something <laughs> I
1: love it tormented <laughs> tormented space.
0: Space. terrorized territory sounds better, and after that for another great greatest hiatus. hiatus that yes. is a, that is a secret for you, oh, so I'm let me excited. see how i can
1: yeah. um it's it's that episode from the other show <laughs> that you would show Kay if. If you wanted to sort of mess with his mind a little bit more and explore some other unrealized realities, some other coulda beens.
0: Okay, uh, this sounds like interesting. It's from I, the other show,
1: the other show, and I think it's like season nine or something. But yeah, the other okay. show, that episode with the with the other stuff. <laughs> right, that's the one. Well, thank you for. <laughs> It'll uh... be in the show notes. <laughs> Look at the show notes. Hey friends, it's your pal Kaki from the future, just sneakily letting you know, uh, now that Kay has actually edited this episode and he's probably not listening anymore, what we're going to be viewing uh, during the greatest hiatus is Stargate SG-1 Season 10 Episode 6 200, Uh, an episode featuring Ben Browder and Claudia Black, uh, and uh, a little Farscape reference that uh, thrilled our hearts. If you haven't seen it yet, you should check it out. It's it's totally okay if you haven't seen any Stargate before. I think you'll have a lot of fun, or you'll at least be bewildered, which is kind of where Kay is heading. Anyway, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. And... You can find us on sofarscape.com at sofarscape on Facebook and Twitter sofarscape.com slash links you can support us on Patreon as so many have done Thank you for uh, uh, helping us buy this recording equipment We actually have a little bit in the kitty with, which we may be spending on something stupid as promised pretty soon Send us your submissions The the, the season is running out There's not that many more opportunities for through for clever limericks or haikus or whatever else you want to throw at us That's sofarscape.com slash submit We we absolutely love you. Thank you for joining us. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so far, Scape so good. good.